about sex, everyone. And we've got a guest who is one of the best-known experts in the field, Dr. Emily Morris. And if you're listening with the kids in the car, don't, because I'm pretty sure this is one that only grown-ups should hear. Dr. Emily has an incredibly popular podcast called Sex with Emily. It's really informative and really, really good. I learned a lot listening and prepping for this interview today. She uh, also was a weekly co-host on the radio show Loveline for four years, and she's been featured everywhere from the Today Show to the Doctors to Dr. Drew Show on HLN. She's super candid, super cute, really open, and maybe we're going to learn a little something that'll spice things up in the bedroom. Before we get to my interview with Emily, I just want to say a quick thank you to RX Bar for supporting the Naked Mom podcast. We really appreciate it. You guys are going to love this RX Bar. It's made with whole food protein and it's designed just for kids. You can get them at Target stores or you can get 25% off of your first order at rxbar.com naked and use the promo code naked. That's rxbar.com naked promo code naked. Here's my interview with Emily Morse. Now, normally, um, I chat a little bit and then bring in our guests, but I'm sitting across the table right now from uh, Dr. Emily, and I and I have to tell her the story because I'm I'm kind of blown away at this party that I went to, and I want to read you, okay. if I may, say hi to everybody. Emily. Hi, everybody! I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm excited too. This Are is like excited? this is really good foreplay, oh, yeah, actually. Totally. <laughs> oh my god, you have something for me, and I brought you presents. So, so this kind of blew my mind. It probably won't surprise you at all, but. Really intriguing. So a messenger comes to my house and delivers a black envelope with a black tulip. I've never even seen a black tulip and a deep burgundy red rose. And I open up this invitation and with the invitation is a, a whip. And I'm like, wow. And I'm expecting it because my girlfriend who invited me, invited me to this sex party. And, you know, when you hear something like that, and there's a lot of, you know, weird, funky things right. going on all over the place, I was like, oh, whoa, do I, I'm not sure I'm <laughs> even into this. And she's like, it's a girls only sex party. And the delivery and the invitation couldn't have been more elegant. I'm going to read it to you right okay. now. It says, sex, capital sex, soiree, sensuous, seated dinner, expert adult presentation, extraordinary desserts with toys, welcoming intercourses author, Martha Hopkins. And there was also a doctor and there were going to be some surprise guests. And I was like, whoa, this is really interesting. Like what is an all girl sex party like? And then I began to realize that the host who I'm going to allow to remain anonymous is a very elegant socialite. Um, The party took place at the Chateau Marmont in the penthouse. Um, It was black tie for ladies only. So I'm okay. like, what does that mean? Like, what do right. you wear? What do you wear to a sex party? Right. So uh, black tie too. Not the most comfortable. I think you'd be like lively. Something what does that fun. Even mean? It makes you feel festive. Yeah. Okay. What is So I wore this, um, you know, long black Celine silk gown with fishnets underneath. Oh, I thought that's kind of sexy. Totally. And it was slid up the Good thigh. Job. I'm going with my girlfriend and I was sort of just open-minded. I get to the party. They're like candles lighting the, 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 the quarter. And, and I don't know anyone there. And there's this gorgeous long table with these deep red roses and there's like masks at the place settings and there's this little bell that says ring for blowjob on it. And I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, what did I I just get myself into? And so the dinner begins and um, high class all the way. 
uh, aphrodisiac cookbooks on each table setting. I was kind of blown away in the prep and um, the details that went into this. And as it turns out, it was a ladies only um, opportunity to really get educated and to talk sex, which I know you do all the time. And I'm bringing it up to you because I, first of all, I thought it was so unique and creative, but I was so surprised at how shy, uncomfortable, embarrassed, giggly, red flesh, like this group of grown up, experienced, or maybe not so experienced women. Right. right. And what were they? They were just like, it was, they came to the party though. Like think of the people who said no. So these are the women who showed up. Yeah. But they, and they were just uncomfortable by everything. Well, I, I think that it was, it was like, if it were, my party and it was my girlfriends and we were like at home, it would have been a little bit more chill and a little bit more laid back. And I don't know, I would have had an expert come in and maybe, so there were toys and there were experts from the pleasure chest, which was really, you know, informational. There was a doctor, a a sex, uh, sexologist, sexologist, right? What, what, what's I, your I'm background? I'm a sexologist. I have a doctorate in human sexuality. So what's a sexologist exactly? Because St- I didn't study, know. I'm I know. Like, what is no, that? <laughs> what that it means the study of human sexuality. So I have a doctorate in the study of, of human sexuality, human sex practices. What's a sex, sex therapist? A sex, see, and I often get called a sex therapist and I'm, I'm not technically a sex therapist, although I've like to help my share, my fair share of listeners and people in my life. Um, sex therapist, someone who has to do the actual hours of training, like in a, a licensed therapist, I'd have to go to school and be trained on that. Oh, but a sex therapist works with couples specifically on sex issues. Then there's like sex surrogates and there's, right. you know, but really. Wasn't there just a movie about that? Not yeah, just. Yeah, well, Helen Hunt. Yeah. The, um, what was it called? I'm bad. I forget, but so. So right. we have sort of like a surrogate to facilitate. To facilitate, the- right. Can you have sex with my husband? Because I don't want to anymore. No, it's not like that. But and they help they also- couples through sexual dysfunctions. And But sex therapists are interesting because I think that so many, I'm not, I want you to get back to your story, but I think that a lot of couples go to regular therapy. I mean, I think every couple needs therapy at some point. But I do think sex that- Sex therapy or therapy? No, reg- the, well, regular therapy. Regular therapy. Don't we but, all need therapy? Yes, we do. All of us. I'm we so all sick do. of therapy. I am too. Like- I'm like- I know, like I'm like a frequent flyer. Like, I'm can I get some of kind therapy. of like punch card? I should get something for all my years I hope of therapy. This podcast is going to be good therapy. Right. <laughs> it's going to be great. Be good sex therapy. <laughs> but anyway, I think that a lot of couples go and they talk about everything else but sex. And so a sex therapist can really help couples kind of get to the bottom of a lot of sex issues. Mm-hmm. But anyway, back to your party. So women were uncomfortable. Women were uncomfortable. And even, you know, close friends of mine, I, I, I was kind I of it. astonished to learn that, um, how should I say it? I, I, women who are still unfamiliar with their body, women who are sexually active, women who are happily married and have a lot of sex, right. um, who have never introduced or even used or experimented with toys with their partner or alone. Right. And I was sort of just like, wow, my, <laughs> what, mind blown. What about me? No. Right. <laughs> kind of, kind of mind blown. And, um, also just how uncomfortable women are about the dialogue. Right. And um, we're so uncomfortable. We're not taught. We're not taught anything about sex. We're not taught about our taught about our bodies. We're not taught about pleasure. Yeah. And why? Like, that's what I, I'm, I, why the shame and why is um, the conversation so taboo and why are we not um, taught to really understand and honor our bodies and explore our own bodies and allow ourselves to have great pleasure? I guess that's the right yeah. way to describe it. No, absolutely. I mean, that's something that I... Oh, I talk about this all the time and what I'm really, you know, think that's why there's so many people who listen to, to the podcast and are seeking out information because there's not a lot of great sex education. 
especially living in America. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, did you have good sex education? I didn't I, have. You know, it's that sort of uncomfortable, giggly fifth grade, you know, education. But I actually had a mother who was, um, I had a very close relationship with, and she was open to talking about everything. And I think she really wanted me to be educated and informed. So she kind of blew my mind with the talk. (laughs) (laughs) To tell you the truth, she might have told me too much. And I have three daughters and, 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 you know, so it's different with all of them. And, and, um, a couple of them are still, one of them is still too young for that, but I guess it's how you grow up and how comfortable you are with other women and your relationship with your mom or not. And where you get your education. Right. right? There's not, well, here's the thing. There's not a lot of great places for people to go. And when they do get sex education, like I had it in school. I mean, I remember, you know, it was like one day of class and a lot of it is about, you know, you're going to get your period and it's about using protection and all these things. And it's, it's all about, um, it's kind of fear-based. Mm-hmm. You can get an S, you know, an STI, mm-hmm. you can get pregnant, but there's nothing at all that we talk about. Um, there's nothing with sex education in America, at least that we talk about pleasure. That's and right. then it, a lot of it's around fear. It's like, it's not saying like, Hey women, like you can have an orgasm, you can masturbate. Here's what feels good. And I understand that it might not even be the teacher's plate teachers aren't as comfortable talking about it. And even parents aren't. Well, even, even the word masturbation, pa- when does right. that ever, like, it like, never comes up. For everybody who's listening, so Dr. <laughs> Emily has this incredibly successful and uh, podcast called Sex with Emily. And I was listening to many of the episodes before we met because I wanted to know you and get the whole gist of it and, and, and the vibe. And God, you know, it's so eye-opening and looking at the titles, I was like, whoa, they were <laughs> the really- titles are a little they raunchier were, than the they show. They were really <laughs> sexy and provocative, but like I I actually feel like it's a really great first step, even for some people who yeah. maybe are uncomfortable with the conversation, just to listen. It's not like you go straight to porn. I if that's don't. not your thing. Like, I don't. I, I just mean, thought it was really well done and really- um, Thank you. Yeah. I feel like yeah. it's providing, I mean, cause I grew up, I was never told about masturbation. I mean, I think my mom, I grew up like liberal Jewish home. My mom said, if you ever have any questions, ask me. But I think the problem is a lot of kids don't even know what the questions are. And even if I did come up with a question, even though my mom's cool, mm-hmm. I'm not going to ask my mom. Like, what does yeah, it mean? I guess you're that not he, really. <laughs> he wants to give him a blowjob and I still brace his mom. I was like 16. I'm like, I'm not going to talk to my mom about that. But I Or think, you're not really going to talk to anybody exactly. about that. I guess except for That's, your partner at some point in life. So we never talk to anybody about it. And then we start having sex. And I feel like unless you have those really good girlfriends, which I did when I was in college, I was like, what's the big deal with sex? Because I was having it. I was like 20. My friends were like, well, don't you have an orgasm? And I was like, what is that? I literally did not know. And they're like, well, don't you masturbate? And I said, no. And then they all were like, oh my God. And they started sending me articles. And then I finally like- Thank God for those girlfriends. Right. And that's, I'm all about my girlfriend. So I had that. But a lot of people don't have that. In other countries, they do. Like in the Netherlands, they talk about pleasure and they talk about, you know, being safe and safe mm-hmm. practice. But here we don't as much. So, And I feel like we're pretty free as a society right. when it comes to that. So I guess as a, as a grown woman, it's 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 pretty well, disturbing. Well, wherever I go too, at least, you know, having this job also titled Sex with Emily, wherever I go, there's always someone who's like, you know, they pull you aside and they have the question. And, and I realize that it's kind of the same things all the time. Like if you listen to the show, yes, the title might be like, squirting and anal, right. whatever the title of my show one. My manager was like, um, I'm not sure. Can how we not call your show squirting, one? squirting with Are Brooke Are you going to be talking Barclays? about that today? He was actually going to come with me today. And I was like, you know what? Of all podcasts to come, <laughs> see, this, could you just stay home? I'm not sure I really want to talk to Emily about sex with you sitting there. <laughs> but we make it fun. No, the podcast is, I and mean, we try to keep it, you know, it's, it's fun and entertaining because yeah. I feel like people and educational 
because nobody wants to sit and listen to some dry talk about sex, but I think that a lot of people never have dry sex. Lube is very important. Yes. <laughs> but I think that people, um, yeah, they just, they like listening. And I think couples listen to my show a lot too, which I found in recent years, because it's just hard to even, even if you're in a relationship, the problem with relationships are, back up is that you get into a relationship and sex is amazing. Pretty much the first six months to two years, that honeymoon phase, it's blissful. There's mm-hmm. nothing to talk about. You've got the oxytocin, you've got the Intoxicating. Cortisol. Let's You're bottle to- that up and save that right. and just hold on to that like new love chemistry where everything feels good. Right. It's because it's Like new. making out feels good. The t- and then what happens, right? It dies. And then no one knows. And that, that happens, you guys. There's nothing wrong with you when that happens. That's actually a normal part of being in a relationship. Mm-hmm. But we're also surprised that it happens. Like we think that, well, it won't happen to us or we've never experienced mm-hmm. it before. So a lot of what I talk about is, and a lot of couples listen to my show because they don't know how to talk about it. So I'm kind of like the icebreaker. Mm-hmm. Well, Emily says, maybe we should talk about our fantasies or watch porn together or find your G-spot together or whatever it is because they don't have to talk about it on their own. So I kind of I think make it easier. I think you're giving everybody such a gift. I, I want to talk about um, sex and marriage and when you fall out of it, how to get back into it and other w- ways of connecting. So it's I think that's question. super important. It's like a top question. But yeah. I just want to back up for a second as we were talking about masturbation because I, I want to, I, I, weird question, but I'm just going to throw it out do there. It. It's me. Um, I'm, I'm also was really surprised as we started talking, you know, amongst women about how many women are faking orgasms and psychologically for me I don't want to I don't feel like I'm (laughs) selfish sexually like why would I want to fake an orgasm and deprive myself of the pleasure was my response to a a group of women and they looked at me like I was an alien I was like no for real like wouldn't you rather educate your partner and experience it or yourself or figure it out. Or if you're not, not that everybody is having orgasms too, by the way. Right. So give me some stats. Yes, like, this is so uh, good. Like the reality of are, the percentage of women that are having them, the yes. percentage of women that are faking them. Why? Like, yes, can we, the whole what thing. is that? Yeah, you're, I'm glad that they have you. You're, you're a good friend because they need to hear this. <laughs> it's true. It's that, first of all, only 30% of women have orgasms during intercourse. So during penetrative sex, penis, vagina, PV, have an orgasm without and other stimulation, without other, like vaginal, yeah, vaginal, orgasms? vaginal orgasm, or or it could be a clitoral orgasm, but only thirty percent, only thirty percent. And some people say you should it's see 20. my face right now, you right, guys. Exactly. It's like that emoji with the big eyes, right, exactly. like opening up. Emoji with thirty, yeah, thirty. And of that thirty percent, not every single time. So you know how it is. Sometimes you, maybe you do every time. You're like you are luck, one of the lucky ones because it's not so easy for well, me. I worked women. hard at this. I know. <laughs> Well, no, but it's true though, right? You did. I'm sure you I'm did. I'm sweating now. We're told, I know, we could turn the his can on here. Um, but I feel like- 30%. 30%. So that's not very many. So if the problem only, is- yeah, Go ahead, go ahead. Is that women, the way it's all, you know, and well, the problem is also we see it in porn. We see women are just like the first time they have sex, they have orgasms and they explode all over the place. Like, like I think of Fifty Shades of Grey, like her first orgasm. That doesn't happen typically. And yeah. also it's because women need more clitoral stimulation. She, and we, I kind of got lost in that book a little bit where he was just yeah. like the snap of the finger and like another orgasm was right. exploding. I was like, really? I'm like, come on. Come she's on. never masturbated. I kind of like, one. you know, speaking of that too, I, I, want, I don't want to yeah. interrupt your thought. So let's just go so back much. to that book oh. real quick, but go finish your thought. No, no. The, oh yeah. We can go back to that in a second. But I was saying that, that women... So we need more clitoral stimulation. We need foreplay. Mm-hmm. So what happens is the way that women get aroused and the way men get aroused is so different, right? Like totally. your husband probably walks in, he's like, oh my God, babe, I'm ready to go. And you're like, 
I didn't even see you come in. I'm I was sitting here on my phone, the right? Kids like are home, not turned they can on. Hear through the walls. I'm exhausted. Right. I shower. I don't <laughs> smell good. Like, what? <laughs> can <Right>. back off? <laughs> You're like so not ready. And so what happens is though we just we have sex because our partner. Went, yeah, that is marriage, right? We were dating. Would have been like okay. <laughs> yeah, because you want at the beginning, but then what happens is so we're not turned on. The way we're technically having sex isn't even we're not we're not getting enough clitoral stimulation. So women should you know learn their bodies. That's why I talk about masturbation because until women understand their own bodies and how to masturbate, like and how to have an orgasm. There's no one that's going to figure it out. I always say that some women believe that someday my prince will come and so will I. Mm-hmm. Like mm, they think he's going to ride one. up on a white oh horse God, and so he's going to figure me out because I so don't good. know. But no, he, you're, we're responsible as women for our own orgasms and it can take work. Like, I mean, it's a fun That's really work. big what you just said for yeah. us to take ownership of that responsibility. Yeah. And maybe... I, it just even take the pressure off of our partner. Like it might not be their fault whether you are or you are not. And a lot of men feel insignificant and then you're <sighs> in your head and then it's too That's much pressure. That's why we fake and it. Shit. Right, because the thing is, is that guys don't. So the other thing is, we might know that we can orgasm on our own, but we're like, I don't want to show them that I need to rub my clitoris or I need to use a toy or that I need to fantasize and watch porn. We or think I need shame. to compliment him and fake it so that he feels like, like, oh, I don't, that's, that's why they, that's my, they I, fake I, it because they're they're They feel like, first of all, it's such a disservice because you're not getting yours. You're yeah. not having pleasure. And you're telling your partner that he's the most amazing lover in the world and he's going to go off and who knows, maybe you're together And forever. it's never going to get better than that. You're never going to get better. Exactly. <laughs> sorry, and you're going to keep faking it your whole life. Eventually we faking multiple orgasms. That's so boring. But I think that we, so it is a disservice. And I think that it's that we're told, we feel that something's wrong with us, that we're taking too long Mm -hmm. that, and maybe our partner, I mean, listen, you have to take responsibility for it. But what that means is saying, you know, babe, I need more foreplay. Mm-hmm. I need um, you to go down on me. I mean, more mo- more women are likely to orgasm when they have oral sex. Like mm-hmm. that is proven. Like studies like show that like we need more lubrication. We need oral sex. We need toys. And if we're not asking for that and we're not telling our partner what we need, then it's it's on us. I think it's really, really know. difficult for a lot of women to ask for anything sexually. Right. And when I was at this party, the conversation of um, dirty talk came up and it was like crickets <laughs> in the room. And there was a book being passed around about things to say and, you know, lines to use. And I'm looking at this book and it was like, it would have taken me like three nights to read it. I'm like, just turn to open. There's gotta be a page in here. We're just like a double page, just one line. Yeah, like, like, give me the lines. like basic stuff Text here. Me. Just right. give me the lines. And my girlfriend was like a nervous wreck. And I'm like, let me just see if I can find like a couple lines. Like, it's really not that, get out like, of your grab head. Grab my ass. Let me just like, give you the yeah. lines. And you. Read. But I, I just think it's so interesting, the lack of communication. Right. Inside and outside of the bedroom about sex. We don't know how to talk about it. I always say communication is a lubrication. And, and it's like That's the more that too. we talk about sex, the better sex we're going to have. But and isn't it sexier? So much sexier, but we don't know how. We we do not know even where to start because we're afraid that we're going to be judged by our partner. He's going to say like, well, you know, why are you even talking about sex? We're afraid that they're going to think that we're slutty or we're That's crude. what I was just going to say, the stigma of not the being a lady. And- exactly. Or um, just there's a million things that we're worried about or that he's not actually going to be attracted to us and that we don't know our own bodies. And mm-hmm. It gets very confusing. But once you just kind of say, you know what, babe, let's, I love having sex with you. I've been in love with you. Let's talk about our sex life. Like, mm. I like that we're having sex. Um, is there anything, you know, a great icebreaker is like, what's the most memorable time we've had sex together? Like, that's a great 
like, when was the one time you remember, of all the times you had sex, like, what's, what's your favorite time? If you can remember one. And he might mm. say, like, oh, that time we were on vacation and we were sitting on the hammock. Because you might not know something that happened that was really pleasurable right. and you wouldn't even think to maybe do that a little bit more exactly. often. Gosh, communication. It's, and then, or you could say, like, let's exchange a bucket list. Like, what are three things you want to try? And I, I mean, whatever it is, just start. It's like ripping a Band-Aid off. It's not going to be easy. Maybe at first you'll be uncomfortable. But like most things in life that are worth having and that we care about and that we want to succeed at, Mm -hmm. it's it's worth to put the effort into your sex life and talking about it to make it great to Mm -hmm. make it it's constantly changing and our bodies are changing and it's growing and so once you start the sooner you start talking about sex the better and and i get that nervous energy too and that it's more difficult for 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 many but i even think listening to your podcast it's a really good foreplay like even just listening to a conversation (laughs) where suddenly it doesn't sound you know so so foreign so so what happens if a couple um you know, a marriage or just a relationship, open up the dialogue and one partner is interested in something that the other isn't. And then it's kind of out there. What what do you, what kind of advice do you give? Because, you know, sometimes fantasies are for the sake of fantasy. Exactly. It's great to talk about them. Really sexy to talk about them. But what happens if your partner really wants to experiment have a threesome or something. In some say. area that's completely off limits. Yeah. Right. Well, that that is a great question because I would say another one of the top questions I get asked is about like, I want my partner to do blank and they don't want to. Or how do I ask my partner to do blank? You know, yeah. it's always like this negotiation. And then this issue of, well, then if I'm asking you for it and then you're giving it to me, well, then it's not really genuine. Like exactly. there's all this mental shit uh, in the way. <laughs> right. But isn't it better to ask and to get what you want? You know, all that stuff, you just got to put it behind you. But I think, you know, first of all, if, it, start the conversation just by saying like, let's just talk about like our sex life. Like, I don't think if there's some fantasy, let's say you've been wanting to have a threesome, that's a common one. Mm-hmm. I don't think you'd lead with that. I don't think unless if you're new in a relationship or even if you've been with someone for a while, I think you might start by saying, have you ever thought about, you know, let's say, I think that men have, women have this fantasy as well though. So have you thought about being with a woman or have you ever been with a woman? Does that turn you on? You know, see what your feel your way feel into your it way rather into than it. saying like, I think we should have a threesome because like your partner's going to be thinking like, which <laughs> like friend of mine do you want to bang? Right. Like who do you want to sleep with of my friends? You're not attracted to me anymore. You hate our sex life yeah. and you think my ass looks fat in the yeah, jeans. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like, it's going to go, it's going to go haywire. So I think again, you tread lightly, like with everything with sex, you start slow, deliberate. You don't want to rush into it. So it's just like, let's explore this. And also there's a lot of couples who think they want something. So for example, there are two kinds of fantasies. There's the ones that we think about when mm-hmm. we want to just have our orgasm or mm-hmm. masturbating, which is, by the way, everybody don't feel guilty if you don't only, if you think about other people besides your partner. Orgasm that thoughts. is not cheating. <laughs> Dark orgasm thoughts. Exactly. <laughs> are that, really healthy. <laughs> they are so healthy. I'm telling you as a sexologist, I've studied this in my school and it's very true that people feel just tremendous guilt. Like this is the kind of thing at parties. They're like, is it okay that I think about my Mm -hmm, ex sometimes mm -hmm. to get there? I'm like, totally fine. You don't need to tell your partner that. Right, right. They don't need to know that. But yes, that's totally healthy. But then also there's the fantasies that are like, you want to have a, when I was in my sex school, I call it sex school, my grad school, there was like, we talked a lot about fantasies and Mm -hmm. women would go around because a lot of women actually don't, more so than men, we don't have a rich fantasy life. And it's something that it's women who have, who cultivate richer fantasy lives, which you can start today, um, have better sex because mm-hmm. you're more sexually aware, you're more sexually satisfied because more our free, brain is- Less a, inhibitions yeah. mentally. Like our brain is the largest sex organ and that's what's going to get us turned on. So that whole foreplay thing, like when we start thinking about sex- Is that the same for men? Not as much for men. Men are, it's more of a- um, you know, he w- walks physical. in the room and sees you. It's more physical and visual. Visual. But for women, it's like, we want to start thinking these sexy thoughts before we, we know we're having sex tonight. We want to like, 
you know, we have to think kind about of be it. in the mood, be in the mood. <laughs> right? Damn like it. wear something. I know, <laughs> but we can we can talk about how to get there in the mood. But the thing, let me finish the fan. I could go off in a million things, but the I fantasy know, thing is that. But maybe you've been when I was in school. There was someone who's like, I have a fantasy about like a gangbang with like twenty five men. Like, but she's like, and they're all having sex with me, but. I'm like mother earth and they're having sex with me and I'm being, they're like screwing me into the earth. Like, and I become part of the universe. And it was like this, I'm like, oh my God. So she doesn't actually want that to yeah, happen. No, I was, get it. I get it. I was like, it. wow, that's deep in a way. In and a sexy, way. And weird. Not and weird, weird and sexy judge. and hot and weird. There's some things you don't, but then you can kind of extrapolate from that. So let's say it's like, I've been wanting to have the threesome. You could say, you know, do you want to be with women? Let's say if I'm a guy, you know, and you're like, yeah, I think it's kind of hot. And, but I don't think I, let's you get to the point where you're like, but I don't think we could have a threesome. What couples could do is, okay, that threesome might not happen, but we can watch porn with a threesome. Mm -hmm. We can like in bed, we can say right now I'm picturing you with another woman. Like it'd be so hot. And Mm -hmm. you can like talk about it. And that could be the beginning of it for you. And that might actually be just as satisfying. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not. I know you're all thinking I'm crazy, but that can be. Just the dialogue. dialogue. Just Just the openness to, explore something with your partner verbally is kind of hot. I want to, I have so many things I want to ask you. Like my mind is spinning. I feel like I want to take notes, but I'm so focused um, on what you're saying. I've got a lot more hot talk coming up with Emily, but first I just want to take a minute to say thank you again to RX Bar for supporting my podcast. And I want to tell you guys a little bit about this bar and why I'm loving it and so is my family. First of all, it's a whole food protein bar made with 100% whole ingredients, which pretty much means no BS. No added sugar, no artificial colors, no artificial flavors, no preservatives, no fillers. They come in three great flavors that my kids love, chocolate chip, apple cinnamon raisin, there's a berry blast flavor. This is a bar that kids are gonna love, parents are gonna approve of. They're made with just a few simple clean ingredients where every single ingredient serves a purpose. For example, they've got egg whites as a main source of protein, which are really easy for your body to absorb. They're gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free. There's no sugar in them. Pretty much real food ingredients that actually taste good. I like these because it's a great solution for breakfast on the go, really good lunchbox, easy add-ins, after-school snacks. You can throw them in the sports bags. You can find them right now at Target stores, or you can get 25% off of your first order at rxbar.com slash naked. Just use the promo code naked. That's rxbar.com slash naked. All right, let's get back to my interview with Emily Morse. Since you brought up porn, I want to, I wanted to ask you this question because this is been coming up a lot in my mommy world. And um, I don't, I'm not sure. I, I want to just see if we can kind of riff yeah. on this a little bit. Some people feel that there's so much porn watching going on in the younger generation that the, the younger generation is having more difficulty um, connecting and achieving orgasm because they're thrown into this, like, you know, we're, everything is available to us now online accidentally, unfortunately, mm-hmm. it happens, things come up, you know, right. parental, you know, control and protection is so important with children. I, I can't stress that enough, but they, visually they have access to so much kinky, crazy, outrageous, possibly even fantasy sex. Right. That's real, not real, but real visual. Right. They think that, right. That they're starting to think that that's their parameter for normal 
right. is kind of whacked. It, it is whacked. I mean, it is really scary that kids like at seven years old today, six years old could like take your phone and like be Googling. Yeah. Like I remember my godson when he was like seven, we Googled like girls with big titties or on his back. Or even like, oh even my like my son once was doing the project, he Googled like bumblebee, like something really in, innocent. And he was like, oh my God. And something like, you know, very graphic showed up. But, and then you have to approach that and they have this visuals. But even, even, even consenting, um, like teenagers. Right. It is true. It's, that's what they're seeing now for the first time. And it's really some kinky stuff they're seeing. So like what happens then about yeah. the intimacy and the connection and the first time and the, and the, the, the you know, the compassion and the, the, the gentleness of... A different type of sexual exactly. experience. They're that, like, wait, what happened? Not watching that on porn, right? They're like, wait, what happened? I thought six of her friends were going to show up, and there was going to be like some crazy, you know, it's a different right. generation. It right? is, it is, it is a different generation. I just think that the more, you know, I keep thinking about some kind of developing some kind of peer program where kids are learning in high schools that they're having like a peer leadership program where you're learning from your other students in the school because I think we don't really want to hear from our parents, we don't want to hear from our teachers, and I think there has to be some more education around porn. But that said, right now, what do you do about it? a really good idea. Yeah, because we'll listen to like kids who are older than us in school, a few grades older, even someone who's been trained. I'd Mm -hmm. love to do something like that, like train like an army of of, of students. I think that's brilliant and necessary because a lot of these kids are looking up what's available to them, even on these free porn sites. They're not seeing the beautiful stuff. Right. It's true. They're seeing the really hot, sexy stuff that might not, it's not really the norm. I mean, hopefully maybe you're going to get there at some point with the right partner in a right. safe, consensual relationship. But I just, I was thinking, I was thinking about that. I know. It no, it's coming true. Up. No, it comes up all the time. And I think that we do, we do keep hearing that, you know, men have to keep watching porn and then raising the bar because they can't ejaculate with a person, with a partner anymore because they keep having to see something more outrageous and mm-hmm. sensationalized. And those, those cases do exist. But I think that the more that women are educated around sex, when you said like your friends or my friends, even I was telling, you know, my friends visit and they're like in their forties and they have three kids. My friend was three kids staying with me. And she's like, I didn't know about this. You know, I'm helping her with stuff that mm-hmm. I thought that she might've known. We've been friends for 20, you know, 30 Let's years. Let's talk about the details but of that. I will. But, but yeah, but what I'm saying is that I feel like if women know more about sex and know more about their bodies and like truly like take the time, like look, Look, take a mirror and like look at what's going on down there and like learning to like love your body. Yeah, I agree. If you've never had a G-spot orgasm or you've never had multiple orgasms, it's not because you can't, it's because you probably haven't trained your body. And there's a lot of ways you can learn to do it. Or do you just think that everybody can? I think that not everybody can, but I think that you could try and you could learn. And I think that for a lot of Mo- listeners- more, more people- Yes, you can. Yeah. And I think that if if you know what kind of pleasure you can have as women and we explore our erogenous zones and we're like, oh my God, I just learned that this toy or this thing can give me all this pleasure- and then you tell your partner that, then I feel like that we're worried about porn or if you speak up, you say, you know what, this is what I need. Like this is going to turn me on because I think at the end of the day, men want to please women. They mm-hmm. really do. They, they, you know, we don't come with instruction manuals and we expect men to be mind readers. Like Absolutely. I literally thought that they ship men off somewhere and they just to figure out our bodies. And like <laughs> when I was younger, I'm like, why didn't he give me an orgasm? Doesn't he know in secret man school where my clitoris is? But my clitoris isn't like anyone else's. Right, you know? So it's the right, whole thing right. is I think it's about women. Because guys, you know, they, they'll they listen, I think. If we have a strong enough voice and we know our bodies, we're like, uh-uh, that's not going to do. You sticking that right in when I'm mm-hmm. not turned on. Undress me slowly. At least 18 minutes of foreplay. Make out with me. Kiss my neck. Dress me. Like, undress me slowly. Mm-hmm. Here's my toy. Use it. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. And ask for it. And not be ashamed yeah. without apologizing. 
Yeah. That's how we get our orgasms. Yeah. And our I pleasure. think that's, that's super, super important. Yeah, they're important. not seeing that in porn, but you know, what's reality, right? You could stay in your room all day, watch porn, or you could be this woman you love and please her. And yeah. it's our job. And develop a really connected yeah, relationship. The intimacy and all that. Another thing that came up at the party with um, one of the experts, which I felt like I was... You were kind of knew my kind of no no no, but I felt like I kind of knew my body. She was talking about four G spots. Now I've never heard that before. Four. So do we have the the anterior, the P spot, the V spot? I don't know. Like I, 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 and we're all like, some of us like we're still looking for one. (laughs) Like we're still looking for the first one, or maybe the second type of orgasm. So can we talk a little bit just about the anatomy of a female body and what's possible. I mean, I think this is like some food for thought for people, women who are listening and men. There's like the, oh God. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. This is like basic (laughs) one-on-one. No, but it's so, I'm telling you, so this is what I was telling you is that my friend was visiting. I think I just kind of, I hope she doesn't listen. I already, she won't care. My friend with three kids in Chicago. (laughs) She said, um, no, but she was, I don't care. It's very hard when you start doing a lot of these podcasts that you like, you want to share stuff, but then you don't, but then you want to be discreet. But then, you know, your friends are going to be like, how could you share? Like, I didn't say your name. Right. I'm like, I never use your name. Right. Imagine being like when I'm dating, I'm like, I want your name. So Mary Jo in Idaho. Right. Exactly. (laughs) But it's like, she, you know, she's, we've been friends since high school and she's always had orgasms and she's been with her husband for a long, you know. 15, 20 years, they have three kids and she's, they have good sex. I mean, she's always, they've continued to like connect and all that stuff. But we were just talking about, um, cause I know how, how all my friends orgasm. I just ask like top, bottom, clitoral, G spot. I just want to know. And I just know that I'm she's only, sure what, I don't ha- even know what top bottom means. Okay. <laughs> no, but if you're on the top, oh, you're you, on the top, are you okay. on the top? Are you more like, like the orgasm? The orgasm? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we'll start with the clitoris. So that's 8,000 nerve endings. It's like the little bud, you know, above your vaginal opening. It's like, and the thing about the clitoris is that it's only purpose on the planet is for female pleasure, 8,000 nerve endings. And so, and that's where most women have their initial orgasm or their first orgasm. It's like the women who were lucky enough, I was not this woman, but they were like riding a bike when they were seven or they were in the shower. Really? Yeah. Was that you? <laughs> no. Oh, I'm like, saying, it probably was. I wasn't you. lucky enough either. Oh, really? Neither. No, I had to have my friends be like, you never had a what? You know, that's what happened. They're like, you've never masturbated. But for some women, because the it's just, it's more accessible. It's easier. It's on the outside. But for some women, it also is a little buried with the clitoral hood. So for, for some women, the more roused we get, it'll, you know, blossom. Mm-hmm. That's why you guys should use a mirror and take a look at it. It's fascinating. Um, and that's why also some women, it's anatomy. Why Without they're more shame, like, by the no way. shame, <laughs> no shame. Because the more you learn to love it, I'm telling you, it will give back to you. Um, you, um, is that for some women, they just, it's not going to happen during intercourse. Like either it's more hidden, your clitoris. Because or of the way to, that they are yeah, built. Yeah, your anatomy. Exactly. It's in different places for women. So just know that. Like it's, the, you haven't had an orgasm during intercourse because it could be, because if you're, that's just one reason. It could be also that you think you can't because you never have, or you don't really know how to move. Mm-hmm. And there's certain ways that you can move to have that orgasm during intercourse. But, but going back to the clitoris, that's the main orgasm those people have. And that's where you start with just like, it's great to use lube. This your your clitoris is not self-lubricating. And I always say add a few drops of lube when you're masturbating just to kind of like get it going. Or during sure. sex. Like even if you're already wet, like it just it's great. I'm like, can I want like my dream is like a lube on every nightstand. Right. Like <laughs> Steve Jobs with the computer. Was it Steve Jobs with the computer? Like I was like, yeah, really. But I was um so it's wait, clitor- hold on. And yes. like the right kind of lube too. Right. Because that like- bad lube. Joe I love Joe Lube. Did yeah. I bring you lube? You did. Joe you Lube. Did. I love the <laughs> 
I'll get I'm back give to you, you on that okay, one. Right. All right. We <laughs> big got on the lube right. too, There's but big, yeah. Lube is huge, you guys. Protect your body. And it's not like any kind of lube too. We don't want any infections going on no. from trying to like be safe and sexy. Right. No, you really, I, I love Joe. It's all on my website, Sex with Emily. You can get like silicone, water-based. Make sure you're getting a good lube. And then there's the G-spot orgasm, which is more internal. So the G-spot, and typically for women, if you've never had one, it helps to have a clitoral orgasm first. So once you have the clitoral orgasm, you're more aroused and then blood can kind of rush. It kind of becomes more engorged, your Mm G-spot. And your G-spot now is inside your vagina. So you put your like- So the clitoral orgasm is then going to stimulate- the vaginal orgasm? Yeah, it kind Kinda? of, it does stimulate, or they sometimes they've a blended and it works together. And then there's some schools of thought that says there's no separation, that it's all the same mm. nerve endings and tissues. And I'm like, I, I don't really care what you want to call it, if, if it exists or not exists. Figure out what you have in your body and how it works. And yeah, we don't even need to name good. it, just figure it out yeah. and make it happen. So that comes with like two fingers inside of you and like the come hither motion about like two inches inside. Mm-hmm. And it's like that come hither with it, and like showing with the two fingers going towards your 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 pelvic mm-hmm. like going towards your um, belly button and you'll feel it feels like a, um, a different texture like a different texture like an apricot or something okay. and then you just apply pressure to it and then for a lot of women that's how they have their g-spot orgasm and so during intercourse for some women it can be a lot easier you know if you're on top for women typically that's that's more the common position that women can have orgasms um g-spot orgasms but sometimes it's just a clitoral one because they're rubbing back and forth mm-hmm. right so you're like rubbing back and forth on top and really just woman on top is a lot easier for women because they're in control of the depth and the mm-hmm. speed and the motion and the position. I was going to ask you if, because it seems like if women can sort of take, um, f- find their freedom and take ownership in that, because as you were describing all this and we're talking about the anatomy, I'm thinking how much, how important is the anatomy of the of the man? I mean, just, you know, oh, right. how much of a role are they really playing in this? But it sounds like, I mean, whether it's a toy or whether it's your man or a different man or whatever, right. that if you are really understand your body yes, and you, you can understand how out. to get there, it might be more our responsibility. Not, I hate to say it. I hate to like fess up to this. It's not about the penis size. It might be more I'm our responsibility you, than, yes. than theirs. Yeah. Yet me, we, we're putting it all on them. Exactly. We do. I did it. To, I mean, I used to do that as well. I'm like, how does he not know? How Light would bulb. they know? Right? <laughs> Light bulb just because off. here's the other thing for women. It's like, it's like, and this is fun, you guys. Mess. I know you're like thinking, when am I going to have time? I'm so busy. But I mean, we make time for things that are important. And I'm telling you, once you get into the groove, I always say it's like going to the gym. Like mm-hmm. you, like the hardest part sometimes is getting your shoes on, getting out the door, but you never get to, you're never mm-hmm. at the gym going, why did it work out? And masturbation is the same way. And it, you know, it could be like 15 minutes a day and you're yep. like, I'm just going to like, Shut down. I'm going to turn off my phone. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to have fun with it. Is it true the more you have it? Yes. The more you want it? Just like exercise. The more you have sex, the more sex you're going to you're gonna want. The more you think about sex, the more sex you're going to want, the more, the more you masturbate. All of that is true. And so, I mean, I feel like, but what happens is when we do that drop off mm-hmm. and we don't have it for a while, we're like, how do we get back to mm-hmm. it? And so it's like, it's, it's Well, you said something to me when we spoke before that I wanted to share because it really stuck in my mind. And I actually even went home and had this conversation with my husband oh, and it was it. really great advice. So first of all, thank you for what I'm about to share. But you made it really simple. You said make sex a priority. Mm-hmm. And- so much so that like a priority, like, like working out, like your kids' appointments, like everything, because we, what I want to talk about also is marriage and sort of losing that desire and letting too much time. And I'm guilty of this too, just too much time go by. And then you're not having it. And like, I'm in a great marriage and I'm really attracted to my husband. He's super hot and we have great sex. 
sorry, honey, that's right. a lot of information, but we do, we do. <laughs> no, but but right. better than me saying our sex sucks. Right. But sometimes life, life is happening <gasps> and I'm guilty of that. And so you said to me, like, make sex a priority, like schedule it. Yeah. And at first I was like, oh, that's so not sexy and not so. Funny. But for real, like if you're in a marriage it and it's not happening, it's not just going to, well, I guess it's eventually going to happen, but right. by then you're one person's rejected or upset or too much time has gone by and exactly. one person's not feeling, you know, like loved and intent. Just make it a priority. It's a priority. It has to be. We do not prioritize sex. We get into a relationship. We prioritize everything else and we discuss everything else. We're like, okay, well, we have ki- if we have kids, they're going to be raised this religion. Are Dates we going to live scheduled, in the city or country? You know, everything. We're like, what kind of food are we going to eat? What? But the sex life is like, it'll just take care of itself. We think sex is just this magical thing that will figure itself out. I think women Nothing, think it's going to figure itself out. Men don't. Men are like, no. <laughs> we have to do it now, but that doesn't work for us. So you're right. Yeah. Scheduling sex. I used to think when I heard about that too, at the beginning, when I started my show, I was like, that sounds like, the, like what a buzzkill. Yeah. If I see sex on my calendar, I'm going to cancel that appointment. Or the obligation the, <laughs> of it. Like <laughs> yeah, seriously. But the thing is, is that if you know, and I'm telling you, couples that I think are the most successful are the ones who know, you know, what? Every Saturday night we are having sex. So that means I'm not going to try on Tuesday. Maybe if I'm in the mood, but I won't feel bad if we can't on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, but I know it's happening Saturday. And what happens with that is, and it's non-negotiable, like it has to happen. Maybe it's your date night. Mm-hmm. Like it's so important for couples, especially with kids, you have to have date night. Like yeah, I feel real. like that has really saved um, people's marriages. And I know another really good friend of mine, she's like, we don't even, because I'm always saying vacations are important too without the kids. But if you can't even do that, you have to have the date night. You have to have it. You have to make the the commitment. And even if sometimes it's easier said than done, it's the idea that we really matter as much as everyone else in the household. We don't blow off our kids' stuff. We don't miss their dentist appointment. We don't screw up when they have a birthday party scheduled with a friend. We get everything done. But I I think, and I I do it too. Like when you're in a marriage and you end up blowing each other off innocently- and then a lot of time goes by and you fall out of that connection. Right. It's not, it does not self-perpetuate. It doesn't nurture itself. And mm-hmm. so that's why if you realize, and I think a lot of couples don't realize it's going to happen. Like, well, we'll just put it on the, we'll get back to that. Once the kids are back from camp or once they're back, once they're mm-hmm. in eighth grade, ten, then you, know, you just don't, we don't circle back to it. So I think at the beginning of a relationship or even right now, wherever you're at in your relationship, like like you and I love that you guys went home and talked about it. You're like, we, yeah. we need to make it a priority. Like, let's talk about the best way to do it. Because the thing about knowing, for example, scheduled sex is that for women, I was saying that we actually need some time to warm up. So let's say, you know, Saturday night's your night. Well, like, Throughout the week, maybe you masturbate once and you start to, you know, watch Saturday the porn. Saturday becomes kind of a sexy day. It does. You're like, I'm going to put on my best lotion and my sexiest <laughs> totally. lingerie that makes me feel great. And I'm thinking about it that night. And I'm like, like literally, like I'm texting him something sexy that I want to do later. Like it's something like, I can't wait for you to undress me slowly. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. And you build the dialogue and you 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 turn yourself on. Mm-hmm. You both get excited about it. And that's, that'll be a successful night. I want to ask you about fatigue because, you know, as we're talking about this, I, I know that some of the female, from some of the women that are listening are like, I am just too damn <laughs> right. tired. Like seriously. So it's Saturday, it's Saturday night. I'm hormonal. You know, I'm exhausted. I don't feel good about myself. It's Saturday night. Now I've had this obligation of having sex and I'm not into it. And now what am I going to do? Like it, fatigue plays a big part in it as well. But you were like, you're just going to, you're just going to make it. Yeah. Whatever it is. Right. You just, you make it happen. Cause I also, you know, with the utmost respect for all men, they need it and want it and are in a much better freaking mood 
when they're getting it's it. It's true. It changes everything. It's they feel not so that complicated. It's not that complicated. <laughs> a blow job, a hand job, whatever. Anything. Like use the lube, buy the bed. <laughs> like it's really not. And you're not going to regret it. And you're not in the mood. But again, I can't think of a different, and you, you're a workout person. I can't think of a better analogy than then. Like the more you do it, the more you want it. Yeah. The hardest part is getting out the door. Yeah. And and seriously, if or you're changing our point of view, you're just you, you need to do just it. Do it. Just have sex with your partner, and you will you will not regret it. So what, what do you like? You think you're not in the mood, but once you get started, yes. And it's also the more you know your body, you can be like, okay, this is where I'm gonna I'm gonna touch myself. I'm gonna get that toy. I'm gonna tell him what to do, so I can also mm-hmm. have my pleasure. But I think that women a lot of times aren't associating it with pleasure. They're associating sex with a to do list. I item. agree. Ooh, I think we need to change our, our, our whole, I think you, you got to shift. You got to change your, (laughs) your whole point of view because it does, it it is a whole attitude, mood, like hormonal, like adjustment. It is. And there could be things you, speaking of hormones, certain times a month, we don't want sex. We could be taking medications where we don't, our, our sex drive takes a nosedive. I mean, all these things, but you have to talk to your doctor about it. I know. It sucks. Totally I mean, so I, I mean, since you brought it up, but yeah, you just, you do your, your libido drops, your oh, yeah. sex drive changes. Um, it changes in marriage, you know, there's sort of ebbs and flows. And I think one of the biggest challenges also for couples is, um, falling out of that honeymoon phase and becoming disconnected and not knowing how to reconnect. And right. we spoke about this yeah, a little bit too. And, you gotta, right. and it's not just like sex. It's not just it's like, intimacy it's too. intimacy. So maybe it's, cuddling naked. So you skin to skin, or maybe it's making out like my husband and I, we still make out. Like I'm making out is not like overrated. Come on. Making out is the best. And it's the first thing that goes in long-term relationships. I'm like, let's make out again. Holding hands, little eye contact, like different things that could lead, you know, could could lead to deeper. It's like intimate, like doing things that are different. So on your date night, maybe it's just like going to a different part of town that you don't often go to or like walking through, you know, it's summer, like walking through a neighborhood or walking, taking a class together. Going to the movies, we'll holding hands, hands, you know, exactly. like just touch, con- connecting, touch, right. touch, touch, talking without phones, turn the phones off. Oh, God, so Thank important. You. So glad I know you said we don't that. do that. Right. But we just like, God, we're competing with, with a lot of stuff these days. I know I can't it's stand harder it. harder than ever. Really. You do have to set the mood. Don't you think? You, you, well, mood is, yeah. Bedroom. I say no TVs in the bedroom, but I agree with that. I lost that battle with my I husband. Know. I tried so hard for that. And he's so a hard. real he's a real sports guy. But it's like that's not sexy. I don't want to walk in there and look like other people talking in my bedroom and you're watching sports. And I know. Like light the candle, set the mood, put on some music. Then maybe I'm like, oh, right. oh, this See, is kind of this is kind of sexy. Like you have ambiance. You have sex ambiance is so important. And it's good for masturbation and, and when you're in a relationship. Lighting is this very set, important. Lighting is so important. Oh my God. Like candles, like you, oh my God, candle. So you think about all your senses. So you want music turns you on. You want scent. So candles. We you have know, like a sex playlist. You do. I so we have that. like, a, I'm going to share it with you yeah, too. I Actually, want it now. We'll, you know, we'll put it, we'll put it um, up on the site it. too. But like certain songs that are just sexy or yeah. sensual or maybe romantic. It's not like it's porn music, right. just songs that make you feel loving and romantic right. and sensual and and then I think there's some sense memory when that yes. playlist is playing. Yes. Where it's like, I could have put on the Italian playlist. I could have put on like, you know, my, my, my workout. No. No, not <laughs> the, the workout sex. playlist. And I it's actually that called sexy. Right. So See, it's but like- the, I love this because you know what you're saying here, why this is, I think this is such a great take home tip for your listeners is that, is that for women, especially 
I'm not saying men don't do this, but we are so in our head during sex. And that's why we oftentimes can't enjoy it, can't have orgasms, can't get in the mood because we're like, but I didn't finish the laundry or I got to call mm. my friend back. When you get it's hard to music, shut that down. Right. But music can be a great way to get you out of your head and just into the moment. I'm going to yep. listen to this beat. I'm thinking about the laundry I didn't pick up, but I'm going to go back to the song. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to the scent of the candle. And it's I'm really gonna effective. Use the, yeah. And then go back to how I'm feeling my body. So I love that. Like whatever you can do, just know it's going to happen. Like that's the other thing is accept your sex life's going to change over time. You're not always going to want it, but it is a priority. So whatever, these are little hacks, little things that you could do to like, you know, keep it going because mm-hmm. it's so important because then your roommates. How, that's so true. with your roommate. It's so, so, They're so They're great. True. You know, you love them. They're your best friend, but you don't want to have sex with them. That doesn't sound good at all. How do we, how can we help people get out of their head and- present and, and into a more romantic space, even in the act of it, because as women, you know, I know we're multitaskers. I know we're running a lot of lists. I know sometimes we're not in the mood and, and I, and I want to talk about the mental part of, Mm -hmm. of, um, intimacy and orgasm and and breathing. Like, because I think that, (sighs) I think that some women just think they can't have an orgasm and they're stuck and there's too much pressure and it's too intense. And it could be men too, by the way. Right. But how do we Yeah, help breath them? is huge. Breath is such a huge part of arousal and orgasm for women and for men. A lot of times we hold our breath and we don't even realize it. It's like shallow breathing. It's like from our, you know, our like waist up or we're not even, or like even our, like our neck up. We're like, and we're holding our breath. But or when trying you too to hard breathe, and you're holding your yeah, breath. Yeah, yeah, everything. We just don't even think about when you, but when you learn to breathe like through your pelvic floor, like that's the other thing is Kegel exercises mm-hmm. for women. So important, like a game changer. I mean, it is, you know, women of all ages should be doing, but especially after childbirth or just as we get older, like mm-hmm. it happens, like urinary and cut, you sneeze and you pee. Pelvic health, pelvic sex, no sex. What it, pelvic health is so uberly important yep. for women. I mean, at, at a younger, at, at any age, really. Any age, but especially as you, yeah. And it is. And it's and much so better sex too. When better you strong exactly. abdominal. Well, that's <laughs> the other muscles, thing. Yeah. So you can start to kind of, you can start to kind of pump your Kegel muscles. If you feel like, um, because those are the same muscles that contract you an orgasm. Mm-hmm. So if you can start to breathe into your pelvic floor, like I like during meditation or just during sex even, and you breathe all the way down there and you just kind of- So these are sort breath. of deep belly, yep, the lower deep, abdominal exactly, breaths. Low, lower abdominal breaths. Like your your Kegel muscles are like those pee-stopping muscles where you like mm-hmm. people don't, you stop and start the flow of urine. Like if you just stop, mm-hmm. like you're like, oh, Which someone's is really coming. pleasurable so for your it can partner be really pleasurable. as well. Yeah, and not so muscles. much if you lose this, your, right. what's the right word? The elasticity. The medical, yeah. yeah, it starts to weaken over time. But so I think that can really help. But also, yeah, breathing during sex, making eye contact with your partner. You guys can breathe together. It's kind of like a form of tantra. I'm mm-hmm. not saying you have to like go take some crazy class, but I think, um, I mean, you can if you want to. Um, but I think that breath and I think that going back to the sensations that you're feeling in the moment. So if your mind is wandering, try to connect with, you know, right now, like my partner's hands or my body, like what his hands feel or her hands feel mm-hmm. like on your body and just kind of keep going back to the sensations and it's practice. So you might realize that like, I'm trying not to think of this one thing and you do it. It takes like, you know, anyone who's ever meditated knows it, it, it could take you a hundred times, but yeah. eventually your mind will just go back to the feelings that you're having in your body, those sensations. And here's the other thing. If you're like, you know what, that's not working for me. It's okay because we do want to get into our bodies ultimately, but if you feel like you're just not turned on, it's okay to tap into that fantasy too. Whatever yeah. it is that turns you on and then get into your body. Be like, oh, wow, I just felt that little flutter in my stomach and then get back into your body. You it's know? good advice. Yeah. 
Talk, let's talk a little bit about your book, Hot Sex, because okay. the over 200 things that you can try tonight. So can we give everybody some takeaway of just... Yes, I have a copy I'm taking for this, you. I think you. I'm taking you this are. home with me. You know First what? One, yeah. Ooh, oh, even the cover it, is hot and check sex. Check it out because you'll see. It's like, this is the thing is that you can open it to any page. Okay. You don't have to read it in a linear fashion, which I love. I'm this not a linear good, person. Guys. Yeah. See, remember the book <laughs> I was telling you about from the party and I was scanning them. Scanning them like, You're just like, just give, give me the, me the dirty one-liners. words. Oh, this is really good. Yeah. We, so a ton of suggestions. That you can do, like they're actually doable things that you you don't need like a bunch of, you know. It's beautifully illustrated as well. It's very provocative and sensual. But oh my it's gosh. It's too- very visual. <laughs> This is good. <laughs> it's visual, but not too in your face. No, but this like, is ah. good. I know, right? Well, I you four kids, but you could leave it in your night, not in your nightstand, not on the coffee table, but Ooh, in Oh, that brings me to another great Ooh. question. Well, first, wait, hold on. Because mm. now everybody's, uh, uh, it's a cliffhanger. It's everybody's waiting sex. for Yeah. You could get it. And it's, it's great. We do. We actually took photographs of people having sex and then had it illustrated. So it has this really cool. It's beautiful. Kind of, and there's just, it starts with teasing. So it can be like, you know, I just want to blindfold my partner and shows you how to do mm-hmm. that or in by the way get the book and just leave it out your partner will see this and that's well, kind of sexy a lot of people <laughs> I know email me or couples are like let's just open it to any page and let's do this that's a fun game yeah it is a fun game and it's like easy to try things you know 200 things you could try tonight you can get it on my website sexwithemily.com it's a great gift and I think that every time you thank you I'm gonna sign up for you you're welcome I, I know so what so okay so you have um the sexy book, sexy and book. Lots you of are married and you have children oh, living no. at home. No, I'm oh, saying oh. like, not you, not you. Or <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, no. No, not you. I um, hope not, okay. Married, okay. kids at home, and um, you have an active sex life, and possibly you have toys, books, lube, like all kinds of stuff. Where is the right place? <gasps> what do you suggest for responsible parents to um, find freedom in... Uh, exploring different things, but yet you have these like, kids. The gay can come in. Curious kids, right? Well, I've got the best new. Oh, do we have a UV here? Do we have one? What okay, is so it? there's a new. It's a new invention. It actually, was part of their Kickstarter campaign because I thought it was the most genius thing ever, and I'm going to have them send you one. It's called the UV, Thank and you. it looks like I've a heard. It, it about this. sanitizes, stores, and charges your toys with a lock on it. So it has USB cords and it you just put them in for- That's crazy. It, it kills 99%, um, 99.9% of all harmful bacteria. People because probably don't even think about that. No, you've got to clean your toys, you guys. People can get infections. You have to clean them. And it's- Is it the, like a box? It's like, like a box. It looks like- um, I'll show you a picture. It's <gasps> so awesome. It's like, yeah. So it's like a box, like a um, kind of like a dishwasher for your toys, but it's very discreet. And, and then yeah. it, it and locks. It, can, it locks. You can store your toys. I think this is super. It important. is so smart. I was like, yes, it's like sexual safety for Look families. You guys like because you can't just well, have your stuff. Like I was a really curious kid. Like right. I was going through stuff. I don't know what I was looking for, but I was looking for anything and everything. Right. I would have been mortified if I would have ran into like my mom or my dad's like I know, sex box. right? But boys always found their, I feel like they're like, I found my dad's. Oh, this is super cool. You guys, so it looks like it. a little trunk and I can't believe that it sanitizes everything. Yeah, it and just it came out. It's UV. So you close, it's called UVEE. It's also on my website, sexwithelmy.com. So it charges all the toys, sanitizes. Okay, this is amazing. But you could also like, Put your jewelry in there. Put yourself, you can like your toothbrush. It can sanitize anything and it locks. As far as like your other- I'm going to put my toothbrush in the box of my (laughs) toys. toys, (laughs) Separate, maybe a separate run. But maybe it'll remind me to open up the box. Exactly. When I go to brush my teeth. Ha, that might be the best advice you've given everyone. Exactly, there we go. And scene. No, but but it's true. You don't want your kids to find it. In the book, you know, you can put it, 
if you have something a yeah, lot, but they're going to find something to think about. No, it's true. Well, I like think the UV thought about that. I think, um, and also if you go to any like sex toy store, you know, if you go to, I don't know, they're all different, you know, pleasure test mm-hmm. or wherever you live, there's also some really cool boxes that just have locks on them. Or you can mm-hmm. just go to like, by the way, store I know a lot lock. of people who have never been into a sex shop and I can God, remember the first that. time that I went into a sex shop. It is sort of like this taboo, nervous, like is somebody going to see me? And for me, like, are they going to recognize me? What are they going to say? What right. am I asking? Like, and there's such, there's so many experts in there yeah. and it's um, such an educational kind of fun, sexy thing to it's do. It's a good and date night. Maybe that's even, yeah, maybe I think that's it's even great- like a good step. So you're going to listen to Emily's podcast, Sex with Emily. You're going to mm-hmm. maybe, you know explore into a store with your man. You're going to set up a date night. You're yeah. going to, you're going to read some literature, some books. You're going to just open up your self-confidence in yep. starting the dialogue and get rid of the guilt and the shame and get over exactly. yourself and stop faking orgasms. Right. Everyone, Life right? is too short for bad sex. And I yeah. feel like if you're suffering right now, whatever it is, like you, it really is something that is worth your time and your effort to make yourself feel better. Cause you're going to feel better. You're going to feel more connected to your mm-hmm. partner. And I mean, there's so much to sex that people don't even realize because they never get past that shame so. or the orgasm thing, but it's like expansive and we're constantly can be learning and growing. Yeah. And, and even if you're not in a marriage or in a relationship, understanding your own body. <sighs> and if you're it's not, huge. it's a great time to, to learn, right? Yeah. So the next time you're in a relationship, you're like, oh, or if you're in, maybe you don't want a relationship, but wherever, whenever you're with somebody sexually, you're like, yeah. I know what I need here. I, I mean, I'm going to hop on top. Or and it the would bottom. probably blow his mind too, by the it way, does. his, hers, you know? Honestly, and I think you have so much great information on your on your website, yep. which is sexwithemily.com. So I think people should go there and look around and listen to our podcast. And Check it out. This is so, so valuable. Thank you for, for joining you. me. It's so fun. Thanks so for fun. having me. We'll have me. to I'm do this again. For I sure. have a lot of questions and we're we're out of Love time. And we can, and can we just keep toys. talking? Yeah, we will. <laughs> we'll just keep talking. <laughs> I have a lot of stuff I want to ask you. I'm here. I'm can I get anywhere. selfish for a minute? <laughs> of course. Thank you for my beautiful book. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I've got some toys for you too. Bye, everyone. Bye. 